Well, it'll just be you, me, and Nick. Spencer, you always get all the answers. Colin McLaughlin, this is literally the sports doctor, guys. It's time for the Sports Mix on Talk Radio WRNR and TV 10. Let's mix it up with a breakdown of some local, regional, and national sports with Spencer Dupuis, Nick Verzellini, and Colin McLaughlin. Welcome into the Tuesday edition of the show this week. We had one less day. We had a day off yesterday. Uh, I'm Spencer Dupuis, joined by Colin McLaughlin and Nick Verzellini. Colin McLaughlin, the sports doctor. That'll be the mostly the Tuesday intro for the next couple months coming up. Yeah, I'm all for it. Volleyball we also got, we also have a little tonight. We got a little special one coming up for your segment with Jim Klein, who will be joining the show live in studio at 1230, and he's outside listening in his car. Yep. <laughs> Shout out, Jim. You can come in and listen from the studio if you want to. Uh, Nick Verzellini over here. Nick and I had a pretty good weekend. Saw Marshall get the big dub, but Colin over there saw his Mountaineers lose badly. Not not badly. Badly, but, I guess, score-wise, but, but badly like, if in you the count heart, all like the in turnovers, the all yeah. the... Uh, failures when it came to certain play calls and uh woes of the West Virginia offense. I had a lot riding on that game, having telling that you, <laughs> our listeners, and people that I know from Marshall that are also WVU fans that WVU is gonna lose to Maryland. So for me, you know, it was it was a really good weekend with that. But obviously, you know, I think rest of the year I don't care what the Mountaineers do. I hope they win. <laughs> but with the the uh, the Terps, which I believe this is probably Matt Crawford's, you know, we'll, we'll throw it up there. <laughs> I, I did not even notice that. Uh, yeah, I guess he left it here. But yeah, but yeah, nonetheless, yeah, definitely a tough game, especially since it was a uh, so close. But when Maryland uh, basically shut out the Mountaineers up until it final field goal that ultimately didn't matter anyways because they uh, weren't able to play defense afterwards and Maryland just had the big play after big play. So hats off to them. It was uh, well-deserved for them, and hopefully West Virginia can figure out um, it's gonna come its down. errors on offense. I mean, two interceptions and two fumbles and not capitalizing on the uh, turnover chances that Maryland gave them, especially that uh, muffed kickoff that would have – Helped West Virginia out a lot, but yeah, nonetheless, Maryland's one and zero. West Virginia's zero and one. We're on to I'm Long to Island. And Marshall's one and zero. I'm gonna have to say that uh, I think it's gonna come down to quarterback play for the Mountaineers the rest of the season, because I think that was really their main issue heading into the year too. And obviously, they didn't get a great performance. You know, they had that drive where I think a touchdown got called back actually, and then. They got into the red zone and threw that interception in the end zone, which really kind of cost any chance. I mean, obviously Maryland made some big plays too, but yeah, that that specific well, hold, spot really frustrated me. I'll let you go first. We'll talk about this in the next segment, but this segment we're well, actually we'll just keep going with this. You know what? We're already like four minutes till break. Let's just continue with this. Then we'll talk about high school football next segment. Okay, let's do that. Let's do that because we're already, you what'd know. You, what'd you take away from the the herd win? I'm still not sold on Grant Wells. I'm not sold on Grant Wells, though. I'm sold on his passing ability. He threw for 330 yards. No touchdowns. Was it two interceptions? Yeah. I'm definitely sold on this running back combination. All Sheldon right. Evans, Rasheen Ali. Great combination. I'm also sold on Talik Keaton year three, I believe, with Talik Keaton. Yeah. I'm sold concern. on his ability to catch the ball. I was kind of in doubt after Brock Thompson transferred that there wasn't going to be a top receiver, but Talik Keaton's really coming to his own. I just don't really know how good Navy is because they weren't very good last year. Yeah. So it's possible that Navy's bad again this year, which obviously, you know, a 49-7 loss to begin your season isn't a very good uh, – you know, first game or first uh, start to the year. So yeah, I, I just don't know how good Navy is. And, and to me, until I get excited, I need to see a good performance from Grant Wells in a game where the defense is, you know, known to be pretty good. Yeah. And oh, we yeah, haven't definitely. really seen that yet. You know, a lot of his big games have came against bad defenses in Conference USA or, you know, even though he won against App State, he didn't play great in that game. So I think that will be the game this year until UAB where we really see 
you know, can Marshall be a legit contender in the conference this year? And, and that's still, I think, obviously waiting to be, to see on that. And, you know, North Carolina Central won't be much of a challenge, I don't expect. So, yeah, I mean, I don't expect to start. Yeah, that should be a, an easy game for the herd. Most definitely an easy game. But let's turn our attention to some national games and some comments after a win for Notre Dame against Florida State. That got kind of Brian Kelly in some hot water. Here's here's what he said. This game had it all. Yeah. What did you think of your team's ability to withstand Florida State's impressive comeback? Yeah, uh, you know, I'm, I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe Maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. I was watching that live, and I was like, "What did he just say? And why does why do I feel deja vu in that statement? Like I feel like I've heard that before, because I have, because it's a coach's like coach speak segment to where he really just says he didn't think his team executed very well. That was that was all in all. What it's a joke essentially. Yeah, it it was a hundred percent a joke, but nonetheless, people took it the wrong way because he's saying that he's gonna execute his players and in today's day and age people were gonna uh, be soft when it comes to that stuff and take it quite literally and a lot of people did and were calling for him to uh, resign or be fired and a lot of people were not happy on social media over uh, his comments that ultimately were a joke obviously he's not going to be that angry at his players they just won no I mean I just think he was angry to the fact that it wasn't a very let funny F- joke. Left it, it, FIU come yeah, back. It, it wasn't land, funny. But. It's definitely confusing. Why yeah. would you say that? But, again, why are people taking it literally? I don't know, man. People people take things literally all the time now, but it is kind of just how it worked out. And I mean, Notre Dame got the win. Kind of sad that that was the big story, I think, from the game. Yeah. Because Mackenzie oh, yeah. Milton's performance, to me, was the the bigger story, obviously. And then everybody just started talking about what Brian Kelly said. And, I mean, Milton coming back from a serious leg injury and almost leading a comeback against another team was pretty impressive. But um, in terms of, you know, his comments, I mean, I don't know. It, it, I feel like he just executed the joke poorly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 100% <laughs> executed the joke. Keeping poorly. it, though, with uh, Coach's comments, if – this is all right. Ed Orgeron, you guys see what uh, he said before the UCLA game. And then UCLA made this whole joke on Twitter about yes, it. Yes, they it did. So about sissy for context, yeah, he was walking into the uh, Rose Bowl, and I guess a uh, UCLA fan was trash-talking him. So I can't use the full quote from uh, Ed Orgeron because there might be a few Coach explicit o! Words, but uh, yeah, I mean, do we ever really know what that man says? Basically, <laughs> he was calling out the uh, fan that was trash talking him, and he said, "Why don't you uh, bring your sissy blue shirt down here and come on in?" Like trash talking him back. <laughs> so calls him sissy blue shirt. UCA or UCLA gets the upset and beats LSU. So in response to Ed Orgeron's comments, UCLA has uh, come out with a blue shirt yeah, that says t-shirt. sissy blue on it. And it has the U for the UCLA just to make sure it. that he always remembers I, I how to eat his words. I love when an athletic department yep. and their marketing people can come out so fast with something oh, like that. Oh, it's beautiful. It's so great. This is quite honestly the best thing ever. When a team can come back with like a, a, just a statement back at what happened and it's going to make money for them. Oh, yeah. That, it's that's the best part probably going to be their best-selling shirt the rest of the year. Oh, definitely. All right. Well, we've come up on our first break of the day. This segment sponsored in part by Orsini's. Orsini's Home Store, not just an appliance store anymore. Cabinets, designer bedding, outdoor living, family owned and operated. 360 Hack Wilson Way, Martinsburg. Orsini's.com. We'll be back for more of the Sports Mix Talk High School Football from this past Friday. Next on the Sports Mix. Should I go? If you say that you are mine, I'll be. I want to thank you for your continued support of helping Hagerstown Ford's efforts to be number one in the region. As we get closer to this extremely aggressive goal, I want to recap why Hagerstown Ford should be your only consideration when buying your next vehicle. Number one, we have the best prices from Winchester, Virginia to Washington, D.C., from Hershey, Pennsylvania to Baltimore, Maryland. I assure you, price will not be the reason you don't buy from Hagerstown Ford. Number two, we have a real return policy that's better than Walmart. Seriously, if you don't like it, return it. We'll give you three days to make sure you love your new ride. 
And finally, we'll bring your new car, truck, or SUV to you, just like Amazon does. Never step foot in a dealership again. Stop the silly back-and-forth negotiations that make everyone crazy. It's dumb, and it's a total waste of time. Besides, we hate it worse than you do. Simply log on to HagerstownFord.com and let us make your next buying process fun, easy, and risk-free. What do you got to lose? Visit HagerstownFord.com and let us cater to you. See dealer for details. Hi, my name's Corey, and I'm here at Orsini's in beautiful Martinsburg, West Virginia. We no longer specialize in only appliances. We have kitchen design, countertops, cabinets, flooring, and even a new 1,200-square-foot sleep studio with brands such as Stearns & Foster, Sealy, and Tempur-Pedic. 304-267-7251. 360-Heck Wilson Way in Martinsburg. We price match the big box stores, and we give back to our local community. Orsini's.com. You're tuned in to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740 and TV10. We are back in town for a fresh week of shows right here on Talk Radio WRNR. 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10 streaming on Facebook. So we'll get into some high school football action. It was pretty good Friday around the mountain st- or around the mountain state, but in the EPAC had all but that one game going on due to the COVID issues at Washington between Washington and Spring Mills. But we'll start out with a team that got their first win this past week on Friday night: the Hedgesville Eagles. Nick, yeah. Finally winning a game 14-12. to 12. It's been a long time for Hedgesville. I think since 2018 was their last win. Uh, so that was in the playoffs. So certainly a program that's had some success over the years. And it was, it was good to see them get that 14-12 win over uh, Warren County, I think it is. Yeah, out of Virginia. Yeah, that's what yeah. it is. Yep. So, um, yeah, 14-12. You know, the game was played at Spring Mills um, due to weather and Hedgesville Field being a little bit messed up but yeah it's good to see them get a win again we saw week one a little bit of progress i think and to see it kind of come together and result in a victory i think was huge and then obviously um the big game around here was martinsburg versus musselman i think that was just that was a it's a weird game it was a weird game but i have to say though going in that game everything i'd heard i did not expect braxton todd to be back not one bit that yeah, I, I don't expect think anybody Braxton did to be until back we this saw him week. Warming up, I kind of expected the the second opinion that he got that that we heard about that he was going to another doctor that that would have been more positive potentially, but I didn't think he was going to be ready to go and be as effective as he was in that game. Oh yeah, it was definitely a great job by him dominating uh, at one. I think you said what three touchdowns for Braxton Todd, and I know uh, we were talking about it after the game as well there in our van on the way back, he didn't even seem 100%. Yeah, he had three touchdowns, 181 yards on just eight carries. I think that amounts to like 20-some-odd yards a carry that I calculated on Friday night. But here's a montage of some of the highlights. The shotgun snap throws to the far side. Kai Walker with the catch on that wide receiver screen. He's able to elude a couple of tacklers down the middle of the field to the 20, angling near side to the 15, east to the 10-5. It's a race to the end zone. He's in for the Martinsburg Bulldog touchdown. On the second down and 10 from the 35, Murphy Clement going to keep it, slips through tackles and breaks free at the 20, and there he goes down the near side, hash marks into the end zone for the Martinsburg Bulldog touchdown. How about 35 yards? There is a quick pitch to Braxton Todd to the right, cuts back to the left into open territory at the 40 to the 30, foot race down the near side. This time Braxton Todd is pulling away into the end zone for the Martinsburg Bulldog touchdown. With that ball down around the one-yard line and, or excuse me, the three-yard line, and it's going to be Murphy Clement who keeps it off that right side of the line, and he is in for the Martinsburg Bulldog touchdown. And obviously wait a few more touchdowns than that. That was only a few of the touchdowns, but, I mean, Martinsburg just seemed unstoppable. I mean, quite honestly, the opening kickoff, obviously obviously special teams, we kind of talked about that in week one and not even before week one at the scrimmage that we watched. Kind of some special teams blunders that Martinsburg had continued into week two that's what a uh, coach Sherman even said during yeah halftime there the first question that I asked him on the sideline he's like well I need to get better at coaching special teams because we saw 
right at that start, the uh, opening kickoff returned for a touchdown by Musselman to get up 7 nothing, And then immediately after that, Musselman recovered, or recovered that onside yeah. kick. So I, at first, seeing those two things, I thought it was going to possibly be a uh, close game. Maybe Musselman finally had Martinsburg's number, but then Martinsburg came back and it was the uh, same old, same old Martinsburg-Musselman matchup. And I, I really – go ahead, Nick. I was going to say, I think if Musselman got that 14 nothing lead, while it may not have resulted in a win, it would have been a much different football game because they would have been up, obviously, 14 yeah. points. They would have had a lot more confidence. Uh, and I kind of thought, like, okay, here we go. This might end up being, like, a really good football game. But, obviously, I think, uh, you know, getting – Getting that early lead was great, but then not taking advantage of that recovered onside kick uh, kind of took any chance away because from there on it was all Martinsburg. Great point. Yeah, and I mean something that I want to that I want to point that I think was a big thing, and I think will continue to be a big thing is just the way the different things styles of offense can be with Bajent or Clement on the field. I think that is something that's extremely hard for teams to prepare for. Because you could go on one one drive and it's Bajent passing the ball. And then the next drive could go, it's Clement running the ball. And then they switch or even stay on and then Clement can pass, can pass the ball as well too. He can pass the ball a lot better than I kind of anticipated going into the season. Not having seen him play before. But having seen, kind of heard about the, the two quarterback system and he was more of the runner and Bajent was more of the passer. And it kind of took me off guard initially at that he, how good of he how good of an arm that he had, but yeah, I, think I think that's something more... that you can use to your advantage as as a team when you, if you're I mean maybe not now because it's already on film, but I think initially that was something you could use your to your advantage if you're telling everybody oh Clement's more of a runner, and he ends up being a, a pretty good passer too. Yeah, that was just, uh, what I was going to say was week one I think we saw more uh, Ezra Bajan in there, there down in. Um, Salem, and he definitely did well. I mean, 35-14, very well passing-wise. And then this past week in that game against Musselman, I think it was more uh, Murphy Clement just out there running the ball, winding it down. I don't know if it was just because that's what they uh, thought would be more effective with Braxton Todd out there as well running the ball. They wanted to do just an all-out run game and wear down that Musselman defense. Or if it was just, hey, it's week two, let's have uh, – make it more 50-50 since it was more Bajent last week. Let's give Clement his time to shine. Did we talk about Jefferson's win? I was just getting to that one. I think that, that was a, a statement win right there for Jefferson to show that they are also a great team. Yeah, it was against Sharando, but he put two big back-to-back wins up. That's got to give you some confidence going into two straight EPAC games. Yeah, I mean, they've scored a lot. It was 41 of to 14 too. over Sharando, and then 55 23 over Millbrook. And then you're going to play Musselman, Spring Mills. And then you're going to have North and South Hagerstown, which I heard are challenging opponents. James Wood out of Virginia, and I don't know. But then you're at Martinsburg the 22nd of October. It's going to be a good schedule for them to be able to ramp up to a team like Martinsburg. Could you imagine at Martinsburg Jefferson matchup, both teams going into it undefeated? That would be crazy. Honestly, it's going to be a tough stretch, though. I think for Jefferson, obviously, yeah. and, I, and I think for both these teams. But uh, I mean, before we close the book on Martinsburg, real fast, Martinsburg will pl- play host to Sharando this Friday. So yeah, I mean, looks like another big win for score, Martinsburg. It could be, but we'll see. I mean, you never know. It's high school football, but uh, you know, I think this Jefferson Musselman game is very intriguing this week. Um, you know, I think Musselman's a pretty good team. Obviously, they didn't look great in their last game, but had some moments where they showed some real potential. I think Jefferson, this is their chance this week then, you know, to get a win over a good Musselman team that we know more about. Yeah. Where we can kind of be like, okay, yeah, Jefferson's, you know, a legit contender here in the EPAC this year. Oh, yeah, I think definitely. You have any yeah, the big question, have? obviously, is can that offense still put up the big numbers that we've seen the past two weeks against those – uh Virginia schools. I mean, we just saw Martinsburg do it against Musselman, but Martinsburg always does it. Jefferson's offense definitely improved last year, and it seems like it's started right where it uh, left off, and let's see if they can do it again this week against, uh, as we said, pretty good Musselman team. Yeah, and to close out the book on Hedgesville, uh, they will be home hosting East Fairmont this Friday, so that should be an interesting matchup. Then they'll be at Morgantown next week 
and then have to host Martinsburg. So they got a big couple weeks coming up. Uh, Spring Mills. Spring Mills couldn't play last week because of the COVID issue at Washington. I believe that goes as a forfeit. That's what yeah. I understand. So one nothing yep. win for it Spring Mills. It was a Spring yeah. Mills victory via forfeit. So now both teams are 1-1. One and, one. and then this week, Ham, or, uh, Spring Mills is at, at Hampshire. So that'll, that'll be an interesting matchup to see. A week off for Spring Mills early in the season. What does that do for Spring Mills? Maybe that helps them. They had a full week of practice. I think they knew early enough, was it Thursday or Wednesday? I guess it was Wednesday they knew. Yeah. So then they could just transition right to Hampshire. That's true. I think it all depends on the team. I think a lot of teams, though, like to you know get off to that good start, then maybe get a week off if that's even in your schedule. But if, I think you know usually you want to play once you start playing, so that can sometimes mess with you a little bit. But getting a week off does give you that extra prep time. And we'll talk to all the coaches today, and we'll uh, just due to their teaching schedules, we're unable to have them live on the show, so we'll talk to them after the show, and we'll we'll play it back tomorrow. Uh, maybe not all the coaches tomorrow. We might spread it out between Wednesday and Thursday because we got you know we got five coaches to talk to Yeah. between those two days. I, we can spread that out probably. Um, but hearing from head coach at Washington, Glenn Simpson, he quote, said – it looks good for Friday. So it looks like Washington will be back in action this Friday. They'll be playing against Frankfurt. Now, I don't know if that's home or away because on the WVSSAC schedules website, it has all their games as home. So I'll have to text Glenn or ask him tomorrow, Coach Simpson, about that. Um, but that, you know, a lot of these teams are playing non-EPAC opponents this week. Yeah. And outside of our area, we'll have Cabell Midland Huntington this week, which is big in AAA, I think. Because Cabell Midland's two and zero, Huntington's two and zero, and they've both been really dominant against some pretty good teams. So I'm looking forward to that one as well, just to keep an eye on that. Uh, because you know, come playoff time, if Martinsburg is in the playoffs, obviously those two teams looking to be there as well. Definitely. So those are some big games in AAA this week. Um, got anything, Colin? No, it was definitely a uh, great week of football and. Let's look into some uh, more upcoming high school sports that we have in our next segment. Okay, yeah. you're taking my thunder there. All right, well, this Spring segment. Valley also bounced back out of win 34-10 over Parkersburg. All right, well, after this segment, we'll talk with head, with head coach <laughs> Jim Klein and Colin about um, volleyball this week. Uh, but this segment was sponsored in part by Rockwool. Rockwool is now hiring for their new facility in Ranton. All employees receive competitive wages and great benefits plans training programs that support their career growth go to rockwooljobs.com slash radio we'll have more next with jim klein and colin the sports doctor on the sports mix next WVU Medicine introduces a new minimally invasive hysterectomy surgery to our area. V-Notes is an advanced gynecologic technique that provides many benefits to patients, such as shorter hospital stays, less post-operative pain, faster recoveries, and no visible scars. Dr. Aaron Miller and Dr. Lori Tucker with WVU Medicine OBGYN in Martinsburg are the only OBGYNs in the Baltimore-Washington metropolitan area currently offering this cutting-edge procedure. WVU Medicine, the future of surgery is here. Safety doesn't come from owning a gun, it's knowing how to safely use it. Valley Guns 2 off I-81 Exit 5 Inwood offers four levels of defensive handgun training. Get started with Basic Handgun 1, a one-day course focused on six fundamentals of shooting, basic safety, and gun handling. Then sign up for Basic, Intermediate, and Advanced Defensive Handgun courses. Valley Guns 2 has a 197-acre complex in Hampshire County with a 2,400-square-foot indoor facility and various ranges. Find out more at valleyguns2.com or phone 304-229-4411. Ever try to collect on an insurance claim? Perhaps a homeowner's claim, auto accident, or fire? Insurance companies collect money from you for protection should something bad happen. And when it does, they don't want to pay or they offer too little. At Mansion Ferretti, we have an attorney who worked defending insurance companies and knows all the dirty tricks they play to deny or lowball your claim. Call us today for help in getting what you really deserve. Mansion Ferretti, when you need justice. 
Remember that last trip to the auto mechanic? I also think your solenoid gasket is bad. What? Yep, that'll be another $500. Forget that and go to DNN Auto Specialist at 230 Tavern Road, Martinsburg, where honesty is their best policy. Serving the Eastern Panhandle since 1974, DNN Auto is family owned and operated, specializing in exhaust alignments and tires. From general maintenance to major overhauls, they'll treat you right. Call DNN Auto Specialist at 304 267 4078. Now, back to the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Colin McLaughlin, this is literally the sports doctor, guys. All right, well, welcome back to the Sports Mix right here on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10. We're now joined by the sports doctor himself and the guy that named him the sports doctor, Jim Klein, talking about some high school volleyball here in the EPAC. Uh, how you guys doing today? How are you doing, Jim? Man, I'm doing great. You know, I, I got so much grief this past weekend. I can't even tell you. I, like, I've got the mogul. The one and only Mike Hornby texting me saying about how bad WVU is going to beat Maryland. Like, the dude wants to bet. Like, people, I got someone, well, I don't even want to tell you who. I got this guy right here texting me saying, I don't know, can you see this? Can you see this? I got this guy right here texting me saying, turtle soup. Turtle soup. Now, now, now let me tell you. Uh, I was I've been a long a lifelong Terp fan. I was there 1980. I went to see Bobby Ross, you know, when he when he was coaching back in the day. And in 2005, does anybody know what one greatest, you know, best movie of the year in 2005? Anyone remember that? I, I don't know. Okay. Now, let me come I back I was to that. Too young. I'll come back to that. I'll come back to that. In 2007 in April, the San Diego Chargers, Mike Mike Hornby's team, yeah. drafted. Was he even in the states yet though? Uh, probably not. I don't know. They, they wouldn't let him in that early. But anyway, so it goes like this: Merriman, Sean Merriman, gets drafted by the San Diego uh, by the by the Chargers. I almost yeah. said Padres. Rest my soul. Okay. So anyway, it goes like this: Maryland plays WVU on a Thursday night in College Park, and my cousin Jamie Wilhide shows up to the game, and he's got a poster. It's all rolled up. We've got a giant van, a Maryland van, a Terp van. We get up on top of the Terp van. I'm wearing my Maryland jersey. My, my, my cousin's wearing this Sean Merriman light blue jersey holding a sign as all the, the Mountaineer guys walk by. The movie was Brokeback Mountain. <laughs> However, my cousin's holding this giant poster that says Brokeback Mountaineers. <laughs> I thought we were going to get killed in College Park. Now, the, the rivalry for me between WVU and Maryland goes way back. You know, and, and, and you know, Freegen stole that kid, Scotty McBrien, from WVU. We, we owned WVU for a long time, and then you guys, you know, the, the Mountaineers crushed us for a long time. So this, this, this was a long time coming in the works, or, you know, obviously a rebuilding effort. Trust the climb. I, I don't even know what that means. But the, <laughs> the fact is, Maryland came out prepared, and I think based on some of the grief that I took, I, I wonder if in that WVU locker room people just didn't overlook the University of Maryland. They're thinking about, well, what is it, LIU as a tune-up for the real games. Maryland, LIU were just road bumps in the way. The problem is is Demas and Jarrett, you know, they ended up 255 yards, the most prolific receiving duo in college football this weekend in this early college season. Maryland forcing four turnovers. WVU obviously didn't force any turnovers, although yeah. you know there was the one that could have gone either way. But uh, bottom line, Maryland got the job done. But looking forward to high school volleyball tonight, Colin. Well, I should have known and, that Maryland owns Big 12 teams in season openers. I yeah, mean, you know, I, and I wanted to go back to that Texas game. I, as I was getting the grief from, you know, Turtle Soup guy here, you know, the doctor and, and everybody, I'm, I'm, think, I'm thinking to myself, why would you mess with that? But then, like I sat on my hands the whole the whole day. I, I really tried not to respond to whether or not it was the vitriol that I saw on Facebook or different things like that. And was the third quarter not the most difficult quarter of football to watch? <laughs> oh, I mean, I, oh my god, it's this is a YouTube conversation. We were watching a different game, a game where our team from West Virginia actually you there know you got the win. Yeah, 
unlike his team. But yeah, that, that third quarter, though, I mean, the defense was stepping up when it needed to for West Virginia as best as it could. But yeah, that that was definitely just long, gruesome. Nobody yeah. scored, not entertaining, and you're like, yeah. what, what what happened? Because I mean, in the first what five six minutes of the game, it was seventeen ten. I mean, both teams were scoring every single drive, and then it just both teams stopped and. Next thing we knew, Maryland dominated and came back to win. Yeah. So hats off to them with that. I mean, I'll, it's not like I'll we're eat watching pro a, with it. Yeah, not like we're watching a heavyweight fight here. No. These are not contenders, okay? No. But if you're watching a heavyweight fight, you get into that. That yeah. fifth, sixth round where you got guys that are kind of leaning on each other. They're testing the jab, waiting for something to happen. And the whole third quarter was, I'm just waiting for something to happen. So, anyway. Bygones, bygones. You guys will crush LIU. I saw the depth chart Sports Illustrated put out today. You didn't make any changes at all. So I imagine Green's going to come in for something for WVU. We'll but see. I mean, if Deggy definitely needs to be on a short leash. And wow, the play calling okay. definitely needs to be better. Because after everything that happened with West Virginia over the preseason, Neil Brown said Jarrett Deggy was by far the most improved player there in that offseason. And then we see this game. He goes 24 for 40, two interceptions, one touchdown, and that's your most improved player? No. I'm not buying that. Right now, a lot of people aren't trusting the climb anymore. And if Neil Brown wants to stay in Morgantown, that's going to have to change. I mean, Letty Brown, the guy that was supposed to be your best player, the running back, had 16 carries, 42 yards. That's unacceptable for somebody that had two touchdowns should have had a third there with eight minutes to go in that fourth quarter, in which instead of running the ball with Letty Brown, when you're inside of the red zone, inside of the 10, you go end zone two times, and that second one was an interception? Yeah. What it, what was West Virginia thinking? I don't know. I didn't like the play calling at all. He, I mean, he accounted for three touchdowns, so he had a, catch, he had a receiving touchdown. Oh, Four yeah, that's catches. true. Yep. He, clearly, the offense runs through Letty Brown, however... West Virginia didn't call the plays to run the offense. Exactly, and that's Brown. that's what the issue was. Yeah. All right. Well, enough talk about, about the that. Mountaineers and the Terps. We got something else to talk about that you guys are doing tonight and Thursday. But we'll start with tonight's game. That is Martin's or no wrong Hedgesville at Spring Mills. Uh, Spring Mills comes in zero and one after a three set to none loss to Musselman on the second, and then I don't. I guess Hedges. I guess yeah. Hedgesville, uh, Hedgesville is one and one. I, I see on the WVSSAC website. I only have zero and one after. A yeah, they had. Lost they to haven't put the uh, Sharando one up. I believe it. Yeah. Was that was a, a three to one victory? I got the text this morning from okay. uh, Coach Van Dyne. So there you go. Hedgesville, one and one, and it hopefully is going to be great. I mean, Skylar Yates, you heard Gatorade uh, volleyball player of the year last year here in the state of West Virginia. She's also very athletic when it comes to track. She's a state champion pole vaulter, so Hedgesville coming off that uh, crushing semifinal loss last year in volleyball to George Washington after they were up two sets to nothing. Blew it and lost three sets to oh. We could have had that Eastern Panhandle state championship that we wanted between Hedgesville and uh, Musselman, but now we get to see them play Spring Mills tonight, and Spring Mills has definitely had the number lately when it comes to Hedgesville, at least in the regular season last year i believe both times it was spring mills beat hedgesville in that regular season and then hedgesville knocked them off to end the season last year of spring mills in the regional tournament yeah yet yeah, spring mills finds a way to beat musselman at some point during the season and martinsburg beats spring mills yet can't beat musselman so in the epac on any given day i mean i mean that's why you you know that's why maryland dresses for the game on saturday even though west virginia is presumptive favorite same thing here um the assumption would be that musselman's going to walk through the epac and beat everyone hands down we don't know that for certain tonight's focus spring mills lost four seniors they returned five juniors Hedgesville returns, you know, you know thanks to the, the doctor, Skylar Yates, the Gatorade Player of the Year. Three seniors on the roster. You have to assume that they're going to have some youth coming into this match. I coached at Smithsburg High School for nine years. Coach Susie Davis was there when I was there. You guys, I, it was on the show a couple weeks ago and t- talking about Hannah Howard at Musselman and the obvious who, who's who, who has left these teams. Coach Davis, like within two minutes, I got a message from her on Facebook. Jim, how can you not mention Skylar Yates as one of the players to watch? You're talking about Musselman. You're a Musselman fan. No, not a Musselman fan at all. 
I overlooked Skylar Yates. I imagine Spring Mills defense cannot overlook Skylar Yates this evening, or it is going to be a very short match with him coming out in the short end of that pole vault. Yeah, definitely. Anything stand out to you guys about the matchup tonight in particular? Early season for me, it's all going to be about serve-receive, good touches, avoiding free balls, and then when you get a free ball, how you manage free ball offense. We in, in, in When I coached, we never put the full offense in until after the second time we played our cross-county rival, Williamsport High School. Like I didn't want them to see my slides, my shoots, my stunts, nothing until after our second. We might run some vanilla offense through the regular season. As soon as we played them the second time, that's when we started to run the full offense. So right now what I'd be looking for is transition. If the ball comes over and free or overpass in one or two, how are they going to react moving in transition? The pace of play. For example, lots of lollipop passes to the setter. We need to see the ball come to the setter's hands and execute a quick up-tempo offense. When you see that, it's more difficult for the defense to transition, set up and run their offense, keep them on their, on their heels. Yeah, I'm definitely excited just hopefully for a better atmosphere. I mean, last year was the first time we ever got to broadcast volleyball here on uh, WRNR and our TV uh, 10 and YouTube page as well. And due to COVID, there weren't really any fans allowed in because of everything going on. So hopefully this year, even though masks are still required in the schools, I hope more people come out to watch their friends, get to see their uh family members coming in and cheering them on so hopefully it's definitely louder there in the uh cardinal coliseum tonight yeah that's i'm gonna, a good I'm gonna throw something random at you guys not really random because it's next up martinsburg versus berkeley springs thursday early prep what you guys got so what i was definitely looking at both teams are going to be youthful because they had i think it was five berkeley Springs seniors graduate and then four for uh Martinsburg and those were also all starters for Martinsburg and from what we saw last year with uh, the JV Martinsburg team there's definitely going to need to be a rebuild process to uh, be one of the contenders within the EPAC however it is a triple A versus double A matchup typically what you see during those is a triple A team dominate but these two teams from what I saw have not played each other since 2008 it was, I believe, what I found on Max Prep. So these schools not really familiar with each other in time. volleyball anymore. Yeah. So it'll definitely be a uh, fun one there in Martinsburg. And obviously, being from Berkeley Springs, I'd hope for my former school to get a win over a uh, AAA team. But nonetheless, it's going to be a fun one to watch. Always fun with Eastern Panhandle Volleyball. So this... Uh Sports Doctor Klein segment. That's what we're going to name it. The Sports Doctor and Klein segment. We'll go on a hiatus next week. Looks like oh yeah, you'll be away for both games next yeah. week. We'll have the Sports Doctor on on Tuesday to, to talk the game. Cause he'll Wait, be you're not going to make him call from the beach? I could call from Myrtle Beach if that's what you want. No, but I'm not I sure mean, you he's want on that. vacation. we gotta <laughs> let sure him, we got to let him have his vacation. He, the man deserves his vacation. He'll be tuning in. I don't care. He'll still be... He's not focused on volleyball. He's focused on laying out on the beach, having a nice cold one. Or two. Or more. <laughs> yeah. Let me just say, look, the doctor's dead on about Martinsburg. I just got to throw something in here real quick. He, he's, he's dead on. He, he's always got, he's got the facts down. All these seniors going on. Here's the thing. Martinsburg returns five kids who started at some point last year. I mean, so they, they bring back enough talent to be able to beat the smaller school. The problem is how they replace the talent that they lost. What Wallens off to Robert Morris, Ella Joes, Gracie Wilk, Kara Anderson. It's going to be a, it, it, this is going to be a revamp Martinsburg High School volleyball team. But they don't 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 for a second fall asleep on this team. They return five players that started at some point. So one last thing, I guess. Uh, I guess why should people tune in tonight? What do you think? Or for both these games, is kind of the intrigue. Well, I got to tell you, Hedgesville, in my mind, has got to have the upper the upper hand. I mean, they're returning one of the most dynamic players in the county. So, if nothing more, you're going to see good volleyball because these are upper echelon teams within the EPAC. And why would you not tune in to see the sports star? Maybe he's going to wear those yellow and and blue coveralls again or something. Man, you never know what's going to happen with this guy. The doctor, he is the man. 
Nah, I won't be wearing those tonight. Uh, After a loss, yeah, superstition kicks in and you realize, hmm, maybe I can't wear those, you know? <laughs> oh, and one team, got to change it up and see what you have to wear so for we a winning streak to start. Shirt from yeah, definitely TV 10 tonight, obviously. <laughs> have to keep our boss happy. So, definitely will be fun tonight, though. All right, this segment sponsored in part by Kent Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. ParsonsFordandMartinsburg.com. We'll be back to close out the sports mix next on Talk Radio WRNR, 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV10 streaming on Facebook. Four new car dealerships and four used car dealerships in three states. Parsons is the largest used car and fastest growing new car dealer in the tri-state area. Take Parsons Ford with huge savings on hundreds of new Fords. Financing from 0%. Parsons goal of financing for all. And Parsons famous above market trade-in allowances that help make Parsons number one for used cars too. See why so many won't buy anywhere but Parsons Ford in Martinsburg. We became number one by making you number one first. Parsons. Laura. Hey, Laura. What's with the sunglasses? Ouch! The word is spreading. Bechtel Jewelers is home to some dangerously brilliant diamonds. See the difference at Bechtel Jewelers in Inwood. Sunglasses, sunglasses not, not included. included. Conveniently located at 440 Williamsport Pike in Martinsburg, Sunset Car Wash's staff specializes in keeping your car clean. From our famous three-minute cloth wash to our touchless automatic and six self-serve bays, we offer whatever preference you have for your car wash needs. If your vehicle could talk, it would say, take me to Sunset Car Wash. At Sunset Car Wash at 440 Williamsport Pike in Martinsburg. Locally owned and operated. Floodwaters can spread E. coli bacteria. Here's Bill Kearns from the Berkeley County Health Department about what to do if your well is tested positive. If it's just a one-time contamination, you can superchlorinate your well, which we have instructions at the health department they could call and talk to us. You're providing uh, an excessive amount of bleach down the well. Then you do a runoff to get that out of the system to get the bleach through your lines, get any contamination out of there. You do a runoff of so long, and then you can have it tested again. The Berkeley County Health Department, 122 Waverly Court in Martinsburg. Call 304-263-5131. You're tuned into the Sports Mix with Spencer and Nick on Talk Radio WRNR 106.5 FM, AM 740, and TV 10. Welcome back to the final segment of the Sports Mix for this. Tuesday, a short week here that we have after Labor Day Monday yesterday. This segment sponsored in part by the Marius Group and Ameriprise Financial Services Advisors. John Everson and Phil McCoy call Ameriprise Financial Services at 304-263-4343 or stop by their offices at 1270 Winchester Avenue in Martinsburg. Uh, we got about uh, nine, nine-ish minutes left, just under nine minutes left. Uh, we'll talk about a few things, but one thing that I want to touch on is this Nats team. You know, they're, they're kind of down and out. They're really down and out. They're just trying to see what they have for next year. They had a rare five-game home set against the Mets. That's due to one of the COVID games from the beginning of the season, one of the COVID cancellations from the very first opening series getting can't, getting pushed back to this past weekend. So you had a rare five-game set. I don't know how many times that's been done in MLB. I'd have so to look that up. Maybe it's not that rare. I don't know. <laughs> But uh, the Nats kept coming close. They kept coming close, but they could never come back each game. And they were, I believe they won Saturday night, if I remember correctly. They won that game Saturday night. Let me double check. Yeah, they won 4-3 in seven innings. And they lost 13-6 and then won 4-3 yesterday. They won 4-3 yesterday behind this from young guy Carter Kebrew. Runners first and third. Runner from first, Stevenson goes, swinging a ground ball toward the middle, and it'll skitter off the glove of Lindor, out into center field, Bell scores, and a curly W's in the books. Carter Keeboom with a ground ball off Lindor's 
glove into center field for a game-winning hit. And the Nationals have come from behind with two runs in the bottom of the ninth inning. And they have defeated the Mets here in the final meeting of the year between the two teams. Keeble- that was something that they just couldn't do. They just couldn't get hits yesterday. They couldn't walk off. They haven't had any really celebrate like celebrating times for the past since they traded everybody off really a few weeks prior to that. But I just I like the energy and I like that there were fans there cheering. Like what you heard behind the call, those were fans in the stands. It was Labor Day, so you know, it was a day game. More people than they had averaged, you know, this last probably two months I would say, came out to the game yesterday. So I think it, it was really nice for the fans to get, you know, to end the game, end the weekend with such a big win, knowing the future's ahead. Yeah, I mean, it was it was good to, I guess, see Carter Keboom come through for them. He was kind of one of their top prospects not too long ago. He hasn't been much of a hitter for them. But, you know, I, I think anytime you win in exciting fashion – against a pretty good Mets team. I mean, they're kind of falling off. But I was about to say, are you sure you want to put they those were uh, good three words point. together ever? Yeah, I don't want to put mean, those three words together. I mean, maybe some years, right? Pretty good they're, Mets now. They're okay, 69 and 69. Better than the Nationals. Better than the Orioles. That's true. Therefore, pretty okay. How about that? Pretty okay. Pretty okay. Pretty okay. We, we can go with pretty okay. Pretty, we can go with it. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely has off the okay. Kibum. I believe I saw that was a, his first uh, career walk-off, and since he's one of the young guys in the uh, organization, you obviously hope for more. But, yeah, it's just the little positive things like that after the uh, season the Nationals have had, in which they de- seems like are deciding to rebuild. So you always want to see the young guys do well. Yeah, I, th- I think it's just great. Because there's not much going on at this point in the year. Nobody's really starting to pay attention to the Nationals right now. Everybody's turning their attention to the Washington football team as the season is just, what, five days away? Four days away now? Five days away? I mean, the NFL season. The, the NFL season the NFL two days two away. Two days away, so I believe it would be five if you include Sunday, I yeah. think. So, yeah. Well, kickoff would be in five minutes from now in five days. There you go, 1 p.m. Yep. kickoff for Washington football team on Sunday as they host Mike Hornby's Chargers. Yes, it should be a fun one. I saw uh, that CBS Sports came out with their uh, power rankings to start the season, and they had a Washington football team as the 13th uh, best team in the league, which is the top spot out of all of the NFC East teams. Yeah, and we'll talk Washington football a little more as the week goes on, preparing for their game this weekend, but... One thing I wanted to talk about here, really the only big news kind of going on around the NFL right now as we're, you know, four, five days away from the season for most teams and two days away for, you know, the Buccaneers and the Cowboys, the Ravens. Obviously, they lost their starting running back, Dobbins, in that Washington preseason game to end the the preseason finale due to a, a knee injury. You know that's something that they were not they were getting hate for for playing him specifically. Harbaugh was you know getting hate for that, but something big that happened because we'll tell you the positive before we tell you the negative. Tight end Mark Andrews signed a four year extension worth fifty six million dollars. That was yesterday on his birthday, so pretty pretty nice chunk of change for the birthday boy. Yeah, I mean a guy that definitely deserves it. I think. I was a little surprised to see his contract come before Lamar Jackson's, but that's kind of been the rumor that he was close to a deal pretty much all off season. So, get I mean, that I feel done. Like, I feel like with Lamar, you're kind of just you started talking to Lamar, but you're kind of just waiting to see what. He I mean, we know he's going to get with. a huge you're gonna, contract. You're going to see what he counters with. They probably may have offered him something, but it's kind of now they're probably waiting on the agent and him to kind of. Or sometimes he says, "I don't want to discuss it if we can't get it done before the kickoff right. of the season." I mean, with the Ravens too. A lot of their young guys are on offense. A lot of the guys that they've drafted are on offense. So, really, it's it's getting down to the wire, I think, for them to make the Super Bowl run and win the Super Bowl because, you know, they're going to have to pay guys like Lamar, Hollywood Brown, presumably. You know, Mark Andrews just got paid. Ronnie Stanley's been paid, I believe. So, you know, all those young guys that were on rookie deals are no longer on rookie deals. Yeah. So then the veteran 
guys that they've been bringing in on defense, you know, they're going to have to make decisions very soon. So it's coming down to the wire for them. And obviously we're going to get into the running back situation. Yeah. I was just about to talk about that. JK Dobbins obviously hurt his tours. Was ACL on his knee? I believe so. Yes. He's out for the season. So then it kind of was up to running back justice Hill. Well, Gus Edwards is well, the Gus number Edwards, one guy. Yeah. Obviously, Justice Hill was going to be kind of the change of pace back, but he tore his Achilles. Achilles in a recent practice. So the and rumor now, now is Le'Veon Bell or Devontae Freeman's coming in. Yeah, what, what do you? I mean, I think that's interesting. I think if you get uh, a guy like Bell, is if you can, you know, get him under control. He was with the Chiefs last year, right? Yeah, he's with the Jets and the Chiefs. Yeah, so if you get a guy that was with the Chiefs, he knows the winning culture. He knows what you need to do to be in. I mean, he was with the Steelers for a long time. Yeah. So he knows what that winning culture is, and I, I just, just think, don't know how much he has left. Yeah, and what's he going to give? But I don't left, think I he, think he gives you way more than Devontae Freeman. You also hope that uh, since he's so familiar with the uh, conference, that hopefully there's some revenge tour possibility there. From honestly, Bell, though, I think whoever Pittsburgh. they pick up isn't going to be more productive than Gus Edwards, at least as a runner. So if they're looking for Bell as more of a pass catcher, I can understand that. But I, I think Gus is the guy there. I mean, the guy's ran for over 800 yards in all three of his seasons in the NFL, so he's a very productive running back. It's not like they have some scrub back there. So, <laughs> I mean, they'll be fine. And I actually kind of like the rookie they got, Tyshawn Williams, as well. I, I don't know. I just don't really care if they bring Le'Veon Bell in or not. I don't think he'll make that big of a difference. That's interesting, Nick. I was not expecting that take from you. Yeah, I just don't see what he would – I mean, at this point in his career, I just haven't seen much out of him anymore that he would really help them. I don't know. I always feel like you need uh, some sort of veteran leadership within that offense and bring in they a didn't guy have that like Bella Freeman so in. Why do they need it now? I mean, they had Ingram. Yeah, but he's gone. <laughs> yeah. Because he can't play missed, anymore. But now he's back. All right, well, that's our cue to wrap it up. For Jim Klein coming in, Colin McLaughlin, I'm Spencer Dupuy, and Nick Verzellini as well. Coming up, You're hopefully, both of us. <laughs> hopefully we'll have the Coach stuff. Neil Brown's press conference show. And then tonight at 6 p.m., Colin and Jim at 545, actually on TV 10, 